0: I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your
1: cycling performance? Yes.
0: I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Oops the Podcast. I am Giulio Gallerati. I'm joined by the legend himself, Francis Ellis. How you doing, Francis?
0: I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, how about you?
1: I'm okay. I'm okay.
0: I got I, 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 <laughs> I got okay. some, I got a gripe right off the bat. Let's hear it. My grandmother is in <laughs> New.
1: <laughs> all right, keep going.
0: She's in New Jersey. All right. That's mm-hmm. where she lives. And she's in an, uh, an assisted living facility, but not, I, I don't think it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a place. She's got her own apartment, you know, but it's like they have people on staff who can help out. At the very start of all of this, uh, two people, two elderly people who had an apartment in this place as well, they tested positive for coronavirus in New York City. And then decided to leave New York, and they went to that facility where oh. my grandmother is. Shit. And now, like, there are 26 cases at that facility.
1: Oh, shit. I mean, it's
0: all elderly people, so it's really bad.
1: That's very
0: stressful. They brought it knowing they had it. And... Every single person at the facility has been ordered to stay inside of their room. They cannot leave. They can't leave their apartment for, for two weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my poor grandmother is, you know, going stir crazy. They, they deliver food outside of her door and then she goes out and picks it up like it's terrible room service. And (laughs) You know, she's bored out of her mind, and it's of no fault of her own. And I, I I also read that 35% of the deaths from coronavirus in the United States come from elderly, like, nursing homes in New Jersey and New York State alone. Wow. Wow. Can That's you believe crazy. that? Yeah, I mean, a third of the coronavirus deaths in the country are coming from elderly homes in New Jersey and New York State.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm sorry.
0: So I, hope- I feel bad for my poor grandmother. I hate the couple that came to her place with it. Yeah. And I'm also thinking, wow, um, New Jersey and New York are are really under, under siege.
1: Yeah, man, it's the real deal, unfortunately. Um, I'm sorry, dude. I hope that your grandmother can... Um, can make it out of there how old is she
0: she's 89 okay let me ask you this what could i do to get back at that couple (laughs) um could i like let the air out of their tires or beat them up a little bit i mean they're they're old too I want to do some kind of revenge against them. I want, to, I want to shit on their windshield or something.
1: Well, I think before, you know, you fill your brain with such negative, with such negativity, you should find out the specifics of the story first, just in case there's any omissions yeah. that would I'll make us angry towards
0: them. I also think that getting the facts will help me craft my revenge.
1: <laughs> it's true. Do you have anything right? in mind?
0: Well, let's say, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't think I should hurt them. Although they, they are killing people. They're murderers, those two people.
1: Listen, man, if they had just taken that 10 mil 70 years ago, it would be long <laughs> gone by now. Hit by a train.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's... uh. It's tough. I have one more coronavirus fact for you that I read Hit me. today. Hit me. Well, it's not really a fact, so much as a, an interesting story. So in South Korea, right, they've done a fantastic job of mitigating the spread of the virus through aggressive tracing protocols mm-hmm. and comprehensive testing. They can test better than any country. Right. But basically, the tracing that they're doing only works because everybody in the country has surrendered their privacy rights over to the government. Right. There is a complete and utter uh, sort of submission to the vigilance and the oversight of the government. And the government is... Everybody in the country has been required to enable location sharing right. so that the government knows where they are. So we
1: can surveil them.
0: People are assigned a like a, a person in the government who calls them and checks in on them like sometimes three times a day. Wow. Uh, if you you're required to submit for testing, and then if like if you leave your house, you have to bring your phone with you so that the government knows where you are. And if you try to turn off location sharing or leave the house without your phone, you can be fined ten thousand U.S. dollars mm. and uh, subjected to to prison time. Wow. And so everybody's kind of doing this now. Over the past weekend, they started to reopen their country, reopen the economy, and there is a neighborhood in Seoul. I know where this. Uh, is going, I think called. I think it's called like Itaewon, Walk or something. Like the
1: nightlife area.
0: Exactly, and one dude, a twenty-nine-year-old man, went to three different gay nightclubs and may have infected two thousand people. Oh my
1: God! I didn't know that the number was that high.
0: Two thousand people. He tested positive. Wow. so far now because they they had it really under control like no new cases whatever and over from this past weekend there have been like 33 new cases reported from that which is so
1: small bro compared to what we're going through by the way exactly
0: but for for them it's not because they had they hadn't seen many and what's happening is uh the everybody who went to those nightclubs is being asked by the government to report for testing. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, they're effectively outing themselves as gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but it's sad because South Korea is a notoriously homophobic, conservative right. country. Totally. And a lot of these guys and women are... Terrified to out themselves. They live their lives as straight men and women, you know, and then and lie. And some of them are saying that they're afraid they're gonna lose their job. Wow. There was one guy who, who let me find this quote. He wrote, uh I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. It took me a whole week to get up the courage to get tested. Min Jae Young, 27 year old, said, I had to practice saying, Oh, of course I'm not gay, and even recorded myself several times to sound natural. I even put up photos of footballers and Korean hip hop artists on my social media accounts to try to seem straight. I even got ready to look for another job, as it turned out. I was not infected, but I cried when I got that text, not because I was happy not to be infected, but because I really hate being a gay man in this country. Oh, man. You've got people considering suicide for the first time because of the fact that they're facing this. And it's all pretty horrific. So it, asks, it, it begs the question. I, oh, I have a couple questions for you. One is, if America were to follow, it, it never would, but you know, if Korea's model is so good about stopping the spread of the coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. But the trade-off is a complete sacrifice of your civil liberties and your right to privacy. Do you think it's worth it?
1: That's a good question. I don't know, man. I I think yes. I mean, can't can't you just do it temporarily? Like the location thing, can't that just be happening during this and then not afterward? Like, I don't know. I don't see any reason to be afraid. I mean, I don't know. I guess there is reason to be afraid that they would just be now surveilling you forever. But it seems like a fair trade-off. If tons of people are dying here and they are in other places because people are willing to sacrifice things, maybe it's something worth considering. I don't know.
0: Yes, I agree with that. And then my other point would be, if you're so terrified about being outed as gay that you are living this you know, false life and telling your employer that you're straight and putting up social media posts of like soccer players and whatnot. <laughs> I'm not gay. Sports. Dude, uh, the other
1: one is tits. Dude, you see your tits? Like, friends of mine who I'm convinced are in the closet, they just love talking about tits. <laughs> like, they're like, straight guys love tits.
0: <laughs> we do. Guilty. Guilty is charged. <laughs> Guilty is charged with the tits. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime I've ever heard a guy talk about tits, I've been like, oh, he's, he's just like me, you know, <laughs> that guy. I thought maybe he was gay, but he said tits and it was open so and silent. shut case. Hilarious. Um, my question is, you know, if you are gay and you're that worried about it, then just for this time period, while the government is tracing your phone, don't go to a gay nightclub. Right. Right. Is that a very insensitive thing to say, though? Like, am I saying don't live your life as you want to?
1: Yeah, it's you no. Know, so, this is the thing maybe they thought that now it was all set and now they could go live their life again, you know, because that's it's amazing how that's kind of like what it feels like even here. And here it's terrible. I mean, I'm on Long Island where it's one of the epicenters of the world, and mm. people feel like now, since things are getting better, that they can just be normal again. I mean, in Korea, literally, like you said, they were, there were days of no cases happening. Yeah. So people maybe felt now it's time. Like, Germany, the same shit happened. Like, they eased stuff, and then the whatever variable thing that they measure it with went up, and then they had to shut everything down. So right. maybe I think that what you're saying is true, though. Like, chill with the gay club uh, if you're in secret. Like, maybe just, like, use, a, like, a gay dating app and try to get somebody to come over, and that's why you don't have to go out in public or something. I don't know.
0: It's tough, though, because then you have to mention that, okay, like, presumably straight nightclubs are open, right? Right. And why would those people be allowed to go? If those people are allowed to go, then why wouldn't a gay person feel like they could be allowed to go?
1: Right, right, right. No, I mean, yeah, I guess if you feel like you can go out, go out. But like you said, yeah, I'm sure that, like, maybe there are people who are more cautious who chose not to go that night. And then they're like, see?
0: Dude, let me tell you something. I am so envious of gay nightlife. Gay gay I wish I were gay for the nightlife. It's really fun. Gay nightclubs look incredible. Incredible. You got guys with their shirts off. You know, everyone's having a great time. You don't you don't st- Every straight nightclub that I've ever been to is kind of like an elevated, shittier version of middle school dance.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Where, like, the women are very standoffish and sitting on one side, not wanting dudes to talk to them. And then the guys are over there. And there's not much commingling. There's not much. I mean, some are better than others, some clubs. But, like, it's all about money and status right. and seen be seen.
1: Totally.
0: From my understanding, a lot of gay nightclubs, it is just the world's most fun dance party.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, man. Like at nightclubs, at, at, you know, straight nightclubs or whatever, you have to sort of bring your crew with you. Like it's very hard to just go there and like start mingling and meeting people um, once you're there you know what i mean and if and like you said like it's a status thing because like if you don't have a table or whatever it makes it much harder too and that's expensive and it's just yeah. stressful hard to get in i don't know the gay experience uh as far as nightlife goes definitely sounds appealing
0: it's better right
1: i don't i mean i don't know it that well i've gone to like a few spots here and there like with have friends. you yeah
0: <laughs> have you gone to nightclubs or bars
1: like drag shows and oh, bars not necessarily not necessarily nightclubs i guess but yeah you know drag shows are the best dude
0: uh tell me about what a what a drag show is like
1: well it's just like drag queens dancing and singing getting everybody pumped up
0: are and, they lip syncing uh, or are they uh are they singing
1: they usually sing um i think i mean as far as from what i've seen and also like there's certain like they love lady gaga Maybe it's because Lady Gaga has like a lower register, hmm. but there's a lot of like rah rah happening. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's so fucking fun, dude! It's really great.
0: I I believe it, and I'm I'm picturing the scene where Bradley Cooper meets Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born because that was oh, yeah. at a gay burlesque. Club. Oh
1: yeah, that's a great scene.
0: It is a great scene, yeah. And you're like this woman really hasn't been discovered? Are you fucking kidding me <laughs> with that voice? Get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> so, okay, uh, the cabaret, or I guess it's like the, the drag clubs, right, and then, and then what happens when, you know, do you get approached and how do you, are you an asshole for being like, hey, I'm not interested, I, I'm into women?
1: Yeah, you are. You're a massive asshole for doing that. Because it's not about, there's nothing sexual happening. Like, it's a fun game. You know what I mean? No, like, no. the drag queen.
0: I mean, if uh, if another person there is interested in you and they approach so, you.
1: So, I don't know that, um, like, that doesn't really happen, dude. Like, I'm, I, I mean, again, I'm not an expert, but, like, the situation where you're just backed into a corner by somebody with a different sexual orientation than you as the straight guy and making you, like, that situation doesn't really, like, seem to arise that seems like the stereotypical straight man's fear I'm not saying that you're saying that was your fear but like Uh, this idea of like gay people like trying to you know I don't I I have never felt in any way uncomfortable in those kind of places ever when it comes to stuff like that
0: I guess for me it's not no it's not a fear so much as a I I wouldn't want to offend anyone and and what I mean by that is like okay let's say that I show up to a gay bar with some friends and a guy comes up and he's like, Hey, my name's so-and-so, I'm, you know, can I buy you a drink? Like what's your phone number or something? And i Think like,
1: about that. That doesn't happen.
0: Dude. I've been approached by, Can I buy you a before. drink? What's your
1: phone number? What's your phone number? What, whatever.
0: Some, some iteration of that. Like where, okay. where at some point what's I up? have to be like, ah, I'm sorry. I'm not interested. I'm straight. Or like I'm straight or whatever. Right.
1: You could also just be like, I'm not interested. Not to be annoying, but like, it doesn't have to be, you know, like I'm sure plenty of gay guys get approached that aren't into the gay guy that's hitting on them. And they kind of just make it, you just make it obviously you're not interested. It doesn't have to be this whole like, you know.
0: I love that you're, you're gay explaining to me, by the way.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're asking me, dude. I'm not an expert. No,
0: I know, I know. But my question is, okay, let's say at some point, some scenario where, I have to be like ah sorry you know I'm not I'm not into men right and because that 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 would happen I'm not just gonna like stiff arm every dude and be like no I'm the king of this place like none of you meet my criteria
1: right I mean listen I think that there's a way to 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 squash that situation without making it completely awkward the same way that like if a drunk girl is like trying to hit on you, and again, I'm, I, th- I know this is sounding annoying of me, but like, you don't have to be like, hey man, listen, I just want you to know I'm straight. Like that never needs to come out of your mouth. Yes, I know how okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Chris said, say, yeah, I'm taken. Or, there's a million things you could say to make it not
0: awkward. Okay. Um, but so, I know so sometimes
1: those drunk gay guys can be a little aggressive. Hansy,
0: Hansy, yes, I get that. yes, that's what happens.
1: But like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's ways to navigate around it without being like, hey man, <laughs> like or or even just like, "Hey, yeah, I'm straight.
0: Okay, so you don't have to I reveal guess you your sexuality whatever since- Whatever. The point is, if I were to say that, right, Right, then I would feel like a total asshole because I'm in a gay club right. or a gay bar where the presumption is that everyone is into members of the same sex. And- I don't
1: think there's that presumption personally, but okay.
0: okay, and I think that's your
1: mistake, maybe.
0: Well, I guess my point would be like, isn't that kind of like if you went on a speed dating thing and you ran into a girl and you were like, hi, so what's your name? What do you do for work? And she was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm in a relationship. And you're, and you're like, well, then what the fuck are you doing here?
1: I don't think so, no. I don't think that you're going to a gay club to try to hook up. Like, I don't think th- – it's not the same. It's not like a speed dating. It's not like – You know what I mean? It's not like you're there under the under the assumption that because you're there, it means you're trying to get down. I don't think that that is necessarily a thing.
0: Got it. Okay. All right.
1: But but for for the sake of this discussion, I think that like, you know, maybe this is a fun thing, dude. We should go we should hit the gay club and I've always wanted to go to a gay
0: a gay bar. Absolutely. I absolutely have always wanted to. You've never been to one? I've never been to no. I think I went to one that was like half and half, once. Right, right. So so it was like it was like not there were a lot of straight people there, men, women hooking up, but then also there were, there was like a preponderance of gay men, right. such that it was hard to know. You know what I mean? Right, Maybe it was right, just right. like a, a gay hot spot, but it was not under the banner of being a, a gay club. Right. Right. Um. But I've always wanted to go. I just think it's such an interesting thing. That I would love to experience it.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's fun for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, all right. We'll have to figure that out. We have plenty of gay friends that would potentially take us. I don't even know if they'd want to take us, though.
1: We got to test the waters.
0: Yeah. What if you showed <laughs> up with a woman to a gay club?
1: It's fine. I've done it before.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Does hey, everyone no, look at like look at you like you're an asshole?
1: No, dude. There's no there's no like weird prejudice against anybody in the. You know what I mean? Like these are not notoriously accepting venues.
0: I feel like <laughs> I feel like you and I are looking at totally different gay clubs. We're just we have a totally <laughs> the ones you've been to are sound like lovely accepting places, and the ones that I've seen and researched and whose <laughs> Yelp reviews I've read hours into the night uh <laughs> are very aggressive and, and angry places
1: now man it's fucking you know it's all good yeah guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to the, all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now.
0: All right, well, what do you got? What's going on with you?
1: Dude, I've just been sitting here thinking about fantasizing about being handed millions of dollars for doing nothing and not deserving
0: it. Oh, ah. what like a classic be- millennial fucking <laughs> waste of time. <laughs> this is what every millennial, does. I mean, we all do this. I've, you know, many times I've like thought like, well, just the right lottery ticket. My, my problem is that I'm not <laughs> buying lottery tickets. That's my problem. I'm not even throwing my hat in the ring. I need to change my attitude
1: dude every time i'm in a place where they're selling lottery tickets when i'm about to buy one i see this line and i just see the people in line and then i hear yeah. them being like oh dollar box uh straight dollar like i'm like how this yeah. this person clearly never wins
0: they're like yeah they will take six reds with a let's do the <laughs> daily day double and then the uh last week we were close we were close they all they know the guy by name and you're like oh this is sad.
1: Dude, I, when I used to work in real estate, uh, I, I had this guy who worked with us who did all the Chinese markets. He was this Chinese guy. And uh, I forget his name. He was a very nice guy though. And I remember we were in a convenience store and there was people lining up for the lottery. And I was like, those people are fucking idiots. I said something like rude like that. And he just looked at me and he went, a dollar for hope? Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> I was like, that is profound and beautiful, dude. I'm such an asshole.
0: <laughs> that so- guy has has taught many a sword master uh, <laughs> in his life, many Eastern generations philosophy. of uh, yeah. But dude, you know <laughs> my thought is I, I have this crazy thought where I don't buy the lottery tickets, because, like the Powerball and the, the whatnot, because I have this fear that if I were to win, everyone would hate me so much because i didn't need that money do
1: you have to announce that you won
0: no someone did it recently where they like maintained their anonymity and everyone was furious about it And people Why? were trying yeah, to figure out who gonna... it was and like you know there was all kinds of... she i think she i think it was a woman and i think she like sued uh the, the the lottery company to make sure she could maintain her anonymity
1: i think about this all the time and that's, it's really nice to know because if I won, I would tell nobody and I would say that back during the cryptocurrency boom, I cashed out for an extremely large sum of money.
0: And you've just been living as a gazillionaire all this time without having told any of us?
1: Correct. And <laughs> I feel like I could pull it off.
0: How do you explain the intervening years between you cashing out of the cryptocurrency and now all of a sudden you being rich
1: i would say that there was a tax issue because the tax code so complicated for cryptos that a lot of my funds were frozen and that after after years in the courts years in the courts finally we were everything settled and i would you know i wouldn't be a moron dude i wouldn't just start buying the problem with people who win the lottery is that they feel like they're so lucky that they deserve to share the luck with everybody and that's not true You got lucky. You won. You don't have to buy every relative you have a fucking Lamborghini. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, dude, I have this fantasy about, like, I hear these urban legends. Like, a, a friend of mine told me that this happened on some, like, Middle Eastern TV station. I don't believe it. But apparently some, like, Saudi prince was on a talk show. And they're like, how did you become so wealthy? And... I I don't know. I mean, I guess he would have already been wealthy because he's a prince, maybe he wasn't a prince. I don't I don't remember specifically what the, the the guy did, but he's like I worked hard and I took opportunities when they arose. He's like for example, he's like if I write this check right now for any amount of money, he's like here's a blank check. Um you know, whoever wants this right now could come get it or something. And apparently one of the cameramen sprinted on stage and took the check and it was a blank check. And he goes you can fill that out for any amount that you want. It will clear tomorrow. He's like, this is how I got rich. Like, taking opportunities when they arose. And, like, I just fantasize about being that cameraman, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've had similar, you know, like a Brinks truck just overturns and the driver <laughs> dies right in front of me on the highway. <laughs> and, you know, I just go in and grab bags of gold bars. <laughs> Maybe call 911 as I'm heading off, you know, but <laughs> stuff like that. I, I, I think about that all the time too. I absolutely do. And the problem is that it gets in the way of me putting in the actual work that I need to do to incrementally raise my salary. Right. I know. In life. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it makes me think that my salary is a pittance. And that it's so it's it's just not a factor compared to the massive windfall that awaits me, you know, someday soon.
1: Oh, totally, man. I mean, the day that, you know, hopefully, let's say one day I have five million dollars, ten million dollars. To me right now, in my low net worth individual brain, that seems like enough. I don't need to try to make that a hundred and then try to get into politics and then this like there's something about that personality that, like, they just can't stop. And you yeah. hear all these stories of people, like, I was just watching a thing about affordable housing and how, like, to get these bids, these people do all this illegal shit. And, like, there has to be a high percentage of high-net-worth individuals who've done illegal shit.
0: Absolutely. Just so Absolutely. competitive. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's there's all these Cayman Island offshore accounts, ways that people work around uh you know finding tax shelters and all that so even if they're not like beating people up with crowbars in parking garages they're they're manipulating the system in their favor right absolutely the case but i do think that you know you're you're right i think that people uh it's it's never enough because there's always a guy ahead of you who's who's making more like your lens changes
1: Yeah. And then you need the next challenge. It's kind of like Jordan, dude. Like when Jordan was like, I had nothing else to accomplish. So it was time to, for, I didn't have, I needed a new goal. You know what I mean? Like that motivation. Mm -hmm. And I know you're reading about the oligarchs like those. I noticed at least the ones who fell from grace with the state were the ones who challenged the state, like the Mm -hmm. Khodorkovsky and the Gazinski, like all of them across the board. Yes. They tried. They being rich wasn't enough. Yeah. Now they need to do politics. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I'd be fine, dude.
0: Dude, you know who's the, one of the most fascinating people in Russian politics is uh, Kasparov.
1: Oh, yeah. The chess so he, player, was, right? he was
0: like the, the best chess player in the world. And by the way, the Russians are very good at chess. Speaking of which, I've gotten really into chess. Really? I play it on my phone nonstop. No way. Yeah, I retire to my childhood bedroom and just play chess for hours and my girlfriend is like i don't know where he is (laughs) and i'm playing chess on my phone against bulgarians
1: chess is cool have you heard of sex
0: (laughs) no no time for that no time for that um dude the best part though is that (laughs) this i don't know what it's called the chess app or something you can chat with the people that you're playing against and they're all they always have the flag from the country that they're from And so I've played people from Hungary, Turkey, Romania, all these places. And a lot everyone but everyone chats in English.
1: Oh, cool.
0: And so sometimes, on a few very few occasions, I will get a (laughs) like a Bulgarian dude talking shit to me in broken English about how he's going to whoop my ass in chess.
1: (laughs) You are a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, call, I think someone called me a cracker the other day. <laughs> He's like, "I'm the king of chess. I beat you, cracker motherfucker." And I beat him in like, I don't know, like twenty-two moves. Like it wasn't <laughs> wow. a full game. I'm mean, well, it was just like he was terrible. <laughs> so you must
1: be pretty good if you're playing on the app.
0: I'm um, solid. Um, what's good is that like uh, I've played enough games now where my my rating. Uh, your rating you, you get points if you win you get you lose points if you cool. lose and so my rating is kind of evened out um, so I'm mostly just playing against people that are similar to my level whereas before when I first started out I think you started out with like an a thousand rating and the people at that level were just like you know, I was losing like eight out of nine games oh wow um, so now I'm now I'm probably I'm on the rise because I'm learning the game better dude it's fun what? you ever play chess
1: I I've played a bit. Yeah, I'm not like very into it or whatever, but I'm I'm like okay, I don't I'm I'm like below the level of like knowing a certain strategy. You know what I mean? I know how yeah. to do everything and like I'm okay. Yeah. I can beat my cousin, but like I'm sure you would whoop me.
0: Well, I'm starting to watch. I've started watching um YouTube uh explanations of like famous matches that were oh, played. Cool. And it's always Russian guys that are breaking it down. And so they've got the computerized game board and they're like, "Okay, so then Kasparov did this." And uh, this is what made <laughs> this move so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and 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 you're like, oh yeah, I I, I see it. It is beautiful. That's yeah. A- um. So it's pretty cool, dude. The the, the the greatest chess player in the world right now is a guy named Magnus Carlson. Have you heard of this guy? Is he Swedish? Uh he's either Swedish or Norwegian or Danish. Okay,
1: <laughs> whatever. Yeah, one of the
0: three. <laughs> yeah, Scandinavian um watch him be from finland uh so uh dude he, he he was like the best in the world when he was like 19 years old and if you watch some of the like stuff that he comes up with on youtube i mean it's all like queen sacrifices to envision a scenario unfolding nine moves after that wow and i mean it's just
1: it's exceptional
0: you realize why like yeah why these guys are celebrities you know
1: are you ever gonna play in uh in Washington Square Park or I've Union Square? played
0: I've played in Union Square and I beat the guy
1: oh wow nice and it
0: made me lose f- in them
1: well, oh oh and those guys
0: <laughs> I was just like wait this is checkmate what happened here <laughs> you're not good <laughs> It, it was like a terrible moment. It would be like stepping on the court at Rucker Park as a white dude who doesn't play basketball and all of a sudden dropping like 38 points. Just whooping everyone. And being oh, like, God. I thought this was the where Stephen Marbury grew up. Like, what?
1: <laughs> well, dude, th- that reminded me of something. Uh, Pavich, one of our friends, he talks about this openly. We should maybe have him on some time and have him talk about this. There's, there's ways you can tell that he's going through a bipolar episode. Or like a manic episode. And one of them is that he will show up to the cage, which is like a famous street basketball venue in regular clothes and play. (laughs) (laughs) And it requires like a certain over overt confidence that you have when you're in a manic state to show up in plain clothes and play in these intense games.
0: You're talking about like blue jeans?
1: Yes. And a t-shirt. and he'll go and play these games dude and so and we laugh about it obviously it's so sad for him that that he has to go through this but as his friends we know that there's ways that he's going through something that's one another is if he starts rapping if he's rapping a lot Mm. and also if he's wearing hats something about hats he he never wears hats but if he's wearing a hat you're like oh boy like i'll get a text being like pavich is like going through
0: it dude Um, you, you know that because of TikTok. Their video that which you were in of uh coincidence, uh, has had a complete renaissance. I mean, uh, multiple waves of like rebirth. Um, And for you,
1: those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's the song that goes, Wow, you can really dance! Wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. So,
1: James Manzello and Matt Pavich made that video, and James Manzello is the guy who made the Hello, I'm a Mr. Julio
0: video. Yes, you guys, yes.
1: So they're two funny guys.
0: Do you think that those two guys in making a video that has been a worldwide viral sensation going on however many, what, five plus years now? Yeah. Do you think that they struggle with chasing the success of that one video?
1: I'm not sure. We should ask them about it Um, because I imagine there must be some kind of mind fuckery associated with that.
0: When they made that and when you made that, did you guys know instantly this is a hit?
1: So it's funny, James uh, James kind of prepared for this to be a big production. He still did it for like, I think close to no money. Like I think favors and this and, and I'm not, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure like close to no money for how high budget value it, it looks like. Yeah, it looks um, like a
0: real music video.
1: So it was the project where it's like they put their most resources into it. So it must have been gratifying for them that it became the thing that was a viral sensation. But James has also said to me that it's disheartening that he could have potentially made that go viral off of the 10-second clip of, wow, you can really dance, and have shot it on his iPhone and not had to like, do the hours and hours of pre- and post-production and like, all the hard work and focus that went into making that video such a masterpiece. He feels like could the same, it could have been done just as effectively for viral purposes on a cell phone.
0: I I I don't agree with him on that.
1: I I same. I don't either. I think that's a negative viewpoint.
0: That's that's ridiculous because there's no guarantee that him saying wow, you could really dance would would then make that vi- would would make totally. it viral.
1: Totally. Those two are in a, were, made some incredible It was
0: the full cake that they baked that made that everything leading up to it, and especially the first time the chorus drops and they start doing the dance. I know. That made that so good.
1: During the first wave, they got an email from Taiwan of a video of a professional basketball game where the team at halftime was doing coincidence, doing the dance to the song in the arena for the fans, and everyone was going nuts. And they're like, hey, your song's huge here. Can you, like, come and do a car commercial for us? for like one of their big car co- and they like went and got paid a ton and like shot they made a song the same song but a version for the commercial
0: yeah so i mean cool. these are the types that like so then that doesn't happen without the whole video exactly you know?
1: exactly so um uh,
0: I I what i want i wanted to ask you something uh but i don't remember what it was
1: well dude i don't this is random but It always throws me for uh, like a a curveball when I'm watching the news and like the person say, say it's the BBC. And the person has like a full British accent, but then they like talk about something from another country and they say it in like the most hardcore accent where it's like off-putting. Like for example, they'll be like, "Um, later on the program, we go to the Middle East where we interview Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. I'm just like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Where did this come from? It's the BBC, though, I think. I think British reporters specifically have a way of saying foreign names that is very jarring, you know? Which is
1: better. Is it because, like, UK is so much more of, like, a global – it's so much more globally interconnected than New York, for example? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Um, Have you spent time in England?
1: A little bit, yeah. I've probably been four or five times.
0: I like England a lot. I yeah. really do. London's um,
1: intimidating because it's so expensive.
0: It is. You say that. But, like, dude, New York is how, – how, how different is New York in terms of its expensiveness?
1: I, all right. I haven't been to London in a few years. So maybe the, the, the gap has grown closer with the currency. But I've just felt like, like by the time I get to my hotel in, in the U.K., like, my money for the trip has gone already.
0: Yes, I think there's, okay, there's truth to that. Uh, and by the way, I would put Oslo, Norway, even ahead of Absolutely. London as Absolutely. the most expensive place I've ever been.
1: It's, dude, I ate at 7-Eleven every meal.
0: Dude, 7-Eleven, I went in, they had a Snapple juice that was, it converted to 11 US dollars.
1: Yeah, it's outrageous.
0: At a 7-Eleven. Now, uh, this brings up a great point though, which is I watch, I check in, sometimes I'll check in on my credit card balance on a daily basis right now because it's the most uplifting moment of my day. <laughs> Have we talked about
1: this? Oh yeah, you know I've been checking it because I pay it every fucking day.
0: Oh, that's right, we did talk about this. No, no, but no, but, but no
1: not, not from this angle. Keep going, what were you saying?
0: Dude, I'm spending so little money that I feel like I'm in college again (laughs) where like you you had a a credit card from your parents for emergencies, but you you actually only used it for emergencies. Right. right. And, and you felt so guilty spending any money and like you'd pick up a little, I remember I used to, I ran the scoreboard for uh softball games at Harvard for like a, a a few games in, in the spring and made, you know, like 200 300 bucks and like that was my spending money for the right. entire spring semester right um it's totally. insane my my credit card bill last month was below 1500 dollars for the first time probably since i was like 22 years old dude
1: I deserves a golf clap
0: $1,500, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to like put people off if that's a big number for them, but from, I mean 15, but to spend less than $1,500 in a month when you're somebody who lives in New York City is unfathomable. Agreed,
1: and you're only using your credit card exclusively to buy shit, right?
0: Yeah, I don't have cash. Yeah, I'm not right, typing into dirty, I know. riddle ATM machines <laughs> right now.
1: But just to clarify, that, to, to show people that, in fact, that is not a high number for New York fifteen hundred a month on your credit card if you 're only using your credit card is not a high number
0: yeah and it 's not crazy i think i think it's uh, no I think it 's exceptionally low, and I think I was even closer to like under a thousand. The only reason I was above fifteen hundred was because I gave uh, a donation to the stand
1: oh very nice
0: man. and that like got me up above you know in that in realm but but in terms of what i 'm actually i 'm not buying anything what is it and I told my friends this they were like, dude. It's your fault. You're not buying enough. You're hurting the economy. You're the what? type of person. I mean, they were kidding. But like, they're all, because they're all talking about the stuff they're buying. And a lot of them are still in New York, so they're ordering food on a regular basis. That's yeah, where you get your totally. expenses. But um, like, what, what should I buy? I need to buy something. You don't need to buy shit, dude. Save your money. I don't <laughs> like it. It's boring. I, I want something to look forward to. I want to like run up to the mailbox and be like, oh, oh. <laughs> It's not here yet, you know. Wondering every day, like, is today the day? Is it gonna come? Yeah.
1: You could buy some stuff, man. I mean, listen, on those days where you're feeling down, like, think about what would cheer you up and fucking order it. I guess.
0: I need new pants. I only have three pairs, and my girlfriend's no longer attracted to me.
1: Are they still?
0: My outfits are so boring. I, I, they, they all fit. Everything fits, yeah. But like, I just. I'm not putting my, I'm not even putting my clothes away anymore. I just lay them out on the bed. Dude,
1: same. My clothes are literally just lying on a fucking bench right now.
0: It's, it's just a waste of time. Cause I only have like three full outfits to wear. So why fold them and put them away?
1: I know. There's something like disheartening about, like, it's amazing. There are really some random po- po- positives to this whole thing. If, you know, if people are trying to find positives and, the whole not spending as much money thing for me has been really nice as well. Like I feel like even though my career has appeared to be completely stalled and I have no hope for the future, at least like I'm not burning the candle on both ends financially, you know?
0: You know, you say that, but our podcast, our podcast is picking up some steam here.
1: Thank God. And thank you all. Again, we've thanked you before, but this is really keeping me going. So I appreciate all of you guys. Yeah,
0: this is the highlight. This is the highlight so far of the quarantine, I would say. Absolutely, Um, dude. Yeah. Well, you got any final thoughts? Do we have anything from the readers that we wanted to share today?
1: Yeah, I guess we could talk about one thing. Somebody sent us an interesting Would You Rather? And it just reminded me that making an effective would-you-rather is very difficult, Um, and it should not be underestimated. So let me find this real quick. Um, But it's true. All right. Would you rather, one, be extremely wealthy and happy for the rest of your life but never have sex again, or have the best sex of your life every day for the rest of your life but struggle financially for the rest of your life? And I would argue it's impossible to have the best sex of your life if you're in constant financial peril.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think we need to clarify what we mean by, you know, financial peril and financial uncertainty, right? Right. Like, if you're talking about like not knowing where your next meal is coming from. Right. Yeah. That's, it's tough to be like, ah, I'm starving, but you know, I'm about to get my nut on. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Here comes, here comes my, my hard 10 babe who just, Wants it all the time. Yeah. Even though I have nothing to offer. Right.
1: I'm just she, such a bad boy with nothing. Yeah. She's, she's just turning her on. She
0: can't, you know, she left her life of riches and support <laughs> from her family to come, to come to me and live in these rags because of my dick.
1: <laughs> yeah. That
0: she couldn't resist it. Yeah, Sacrificed yeah. it all just because I know how to get her off that's impossible it's ridiculous
1: it's impossible the first part of it i guess is a realistic enough question but yeah i would argue that you can't have the best sex of your life if you're struggling financially like you might be poor but that doesn't mean that you're struggling if you're poor and happy being poor and you have a nice poor wife and you guys have nice poor sex that's not necessarily struggling in my mind like, struggle implies depression, it has a depression attached to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, here, here's the question, though. How many poor people do you know who are like, yeah, you know, my life sucks, but I'm having the best <laughs> sex <all> ever? <laughs> just, I'm just getting, I just can't, I, you know, it'd be so, if, if thank God we're having sex so much. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody like that.
1: I, yeah, same, same. And I think that, like, oh, once you get into adulthood, it's really hard to be having good sex with no money
0: <laughs> yeah yeah in
1: every way like you know what i mean it's just really fucking hard
0: yeah and and not for nothing like even if you think you're in if you're poor even if you think you're having good sex like i guarantee you it could be better if you had money <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like that's definitely true yeah the days of like girls being impressed by your late game heroics in the high school baseball game the, those days are over You know what I mean? If you're a professional baseball player, you're fucking making money. And that, you know, I know this is maybe sounding a little cynical, but at the very least, you got to have a little bit of something so that you can take your mind off of your misery to fuck a little.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. (laughs) Uh, You've seen the the crazy hot Matrix, right? That YouTube video? No. Oh, man. Um, it's It's the presentation by that guy who's like a former cop, or he is a cop. Where he just draws on the whiteboard. It's one of the most rudimentary YouTube videos I've ever seen, but it went <laughs> kind of viral. Where he explains the breakdown of like crazy and hot. Oh,
1: like girl, like crazy hot. I'll girls? send it to
0: you after this. We'll okay. talk about it on our next episode. Uh cool. it's very, very funny, but it 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 speaks to all of this. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, that's
1: it, man. Just keep keep let's keep our head up, heads up, and uh, fucking hope for better times.
0: Indeed. Thanks for joining us on Oops the Podcast, everybody. Please send your thoughts and uh, your your jokes and fun stories from quarantine or from life to um, Oops the at gmail.com. You can also DM them to our Instagram account at Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis. He's Julio Gallarati. Thanks, as ever for listening. We'll see you soon. Yeah.
1: Thank you.